We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will. Um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands and um, Good thing. and apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on. Where's Toby? Well, I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Isolation intro for Saturday Suckage in the WB Club. That's being right. That's being as topical as it gets. How are you, Mark? Steve, I'm doing well. You sound worse than ever, so that is wonderful. A, Terrific. A, yeah, a big good morning to everybody out there listening. We thank you. We are happy to be with you for the next three hours or so as everybody remains quarantined and in place. Hopefully that is the case here. It, it helps when the weather is bad. Chicagoans don't tend to flock to the lake on days that are cold and nasty, and I can't really see out my high-rise window right now. So that is the case. So we are, we are happy, happy to be cuddled around our listeners today. We are. Here's a big, big uh, self-isolating group hug. That's what we can do. We suck so you don't have to. Speaking of your high-rise and the lake, first of all, the Lori Lightfoot rules are this. Go to the lake, go to jail. That's it. Take a walk, go to jail. (laughs) So you know what the rules are now, people. Stay away. Yeah. And speaking of high-rises, there's something that I, I saw this going on in other cities, and now it has taken place in the South Loop as uh, documented by John J. Kim of the Tribune. Residents in their high-rises with balconies uh, last night walked out with flashlights and began to sing as um, marking the change of shifts with medical medical personnel and first responders as they came and went from work as a way of um, thanking them, as a way of a, a, a civic... A civic hug, I guess, as best as you can, 
when you're not allowed to be around anybody. John J. Kim is a photographer and videographer for the Chicago Tribune. You can find his work on, on Twitter at uh, John J. Kim at J. Kim Pictures. It's really a lovely thing. It didn't matter that it was cold and windy and foggy. People went out there to thank, celebrate, acknowledge the people on the, the, the front lines of this horrible thing that has has the world in a in a, in such a traumatic situation so i recommend well that. that that's awesome they deserve it the it it seems like it feels like it's getting worse every day for the health professionals in not just chicago but obviously the entire country or more over the world so yeah i i don't even know how to properly express my gratitude and my thanks to them because that is the last place like i don't even want to be in the lobby of a hospital at this point let alone being one who is treating people whether you're treating somebody with the actual virus or anything else um that is a that is a tough job right now I can't imagine what it would be like. And it's funny because I have gone out of my way. You know, I hear a lot of people obviously enjoying themselves right now while they stay inside, making the best of it in terms of ordering food and drinking, smoking up, whatever, whatever it is. I have gone completely the opposite. I'm not even joking around here. Like I have been ultra healthy because I don't want to have to visit a hospital. <laughs> That's I don't want excellent, any- excellent reason. It really is like I don't want to put anything into my body right now that would cause like the the slightest glimmer of paranoia and necessitating going into a hospital or a doctor's office right now. They they will I am determined to not let them see my face for at least 3 months or whenever it is that we eventually come out of this. So I would um I would suggest that to to people um as well and i know that's difficult with our particular audience but um you know keep yourself healthy and uh, stay out of the hospitals right now it's a good for you it's good for the health professionals yeah the old joke used to be the hospital is no place for a sick person now it's no place for anybody so i wish you good i wish you good health and stay out of it let's let me give you an update let's get let let saturday suckage give you an update on the lack of sports whatever the sports ball leagues are doing and thinking because it's most interesting the NBA is kicking around the idea of playing a season in anything from a Vegas hotel that is now vacant, empty, presumably sanitized, or a Bahamas resort and using a ballroom for the court. No audience, but just that. They're playing that kind of game, and they would they would have different... If you use the Vegas Strip, you'd have every team in its own hotel, I guess, and you'd have ballrooms or showrooms where you could do this and there'd be no audience. You would It's the most interesting idea, and that's what they're considering. The NHL remains con- consistent and insistent in wanting to finish this season and award a Stanley Cup, and they're looking into this summer. They're looking into August if it, if it plays out that way. Uh, Bill Daly, the uh, deputy commissioner of the NBA, said, we think if we were required to, we might have the ability to play in August. If we have to fit games in, we'll find ways to fit games in. So now we're talking about the boys of summer, eh? And remember, basketball is part of the Summer Olympics. It's a winter sport, but it's part of the Summer Olympics. And baseball has got all kinds of things on the table because the other sports can be played 
indoors alone, they're not weather dependent. Baseball is. They're talking about, they're thinking about any possible scenario. They want to get the World Series in. They want to get it, even if it plays into November. And they're talking about neutral sites. And if, if let's say, the Cubs or Sox go to the World Series, you'd have to find a neutral site where there's a dome or it's warm weather or something like that. Somebody pointed out that the last neutral site World Series game was Game 7 in Cleveland in 2016. Mark, what do you think? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, judging from the amount of Cubs fans that did make the trip and did arrive in Cleveland, I suppose one could say that. However, when Rajay Davis hit that two-run homer to tie the game, I did not sense a lot of cubdom in the stands. As a matter of fact, I felt like I had that sick 1984-2003 feeling in my stomach at that point to a lesser degree, 07 and 08. So, you know, I was running down all those heartbreak years for the Cubs recently, and somebody said, what about 1989? I said, no, that was not heartbreak. That was just a good old-fashioned Will Clark ass-kicking. That's all that was. Like, the other the other years, and I, I wasn't around for 69, but obviously 69 was a heartbreaking regular season. 84, what the Padres damn did, and we all know the Bartman-ness of 03, 07 and 08. I don't even know if that's heartbreak. That was just horrible because they didn't win a damn game in years that were just as dominant of regular seasons as the Cubs ever had. But um, but yeah, bringing it right through to to 2016, Stevie Sunshine and that fateful night, Game Seven, slow roller to Chris Bryant, throw across the diamond, Anthony Rizzo, and the Cubs win the World Series. <laughs> So let me let me ask you about that because because you were you you felt Cleveland and you felt miserable and then you and by the way oh seven oh eight those were heartbreaks because they had a terrific record and then you got your guy Lou Pinella lifting Zambrano getting him ready to pitch a game that still hasn't been played he lifts him in a t- middle of a tie <laughs> game for a game that still hasn't been played and then Ted Lilly the most that was the most Lily. little league thing in the world. Yeah, when he throws his glove down on the mound, that was just such schoolyard stuff. But let me ask you: when you're in, you're in Cleveland, and can yeah. you and this idea of a neutral site World Series? I understand the the climate reasons, the weather reasons. Could you imagine the Cubs being in a World Series and not being able to play at Wrigley? I can imagine fans traveling, and you described how they did. But can you imagine not being able to have a game at Wrigley? Oh, my God, yeah. If it had gotten to that point and if this virus had hit at a different time, I mean, like, really go back to a scenario where it's like like if this virus had hit in, say, September of 2016, right? And, and let's just say the whole postseason got wiped out. I mean, that would have been very cub that that just add that to the lore of of the cup right i mean like there's so many scenarios you could do that with in sports right now you could go through um you know ideas of how this could have been worse and i get it this is all relative to the real world and what the worst really truly is but in in terms of sports could you imagine if that had happened really in any Chicago season, like if this had been a great, what if this was the middle of the 2018 season for the Bears? Like, like, I mean, it just, it would have been, there would have been so much angst, and I can't imagine 
what sports talk radio would have been like in in that case. I mean, you talk about like I, I am like flattered that so many people have turned the score on during this time, like because we're all sort of together in the intimacy of radio that is that is real between listener and host. But can you imagine the need and the angst that would have existed if this happened in the like let's just say three quarters of the way through the 2018 bear season? Ouch. Ouch, indeed. Ouch, indeed. It was a, well, we kind of went through this. The White Sox went through it. Let me first say this. I cannot imagine Konerko hitting that grand slam in Petco Park. If that were, (laughs) if that were 2005, if this were 2005, and Konerko could not have hit that grand slam in Petco Park, nor could, nor would Scott Pesednik have ever hit a home run out of Petco Park the way it used to play. The, the, I just can't imagine that, that drippy night, the, 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 the feeling that it was, it was in Chicago. Because part of it was such, it had to be in the city. That World Series had to be in this city. The 2016 World Series had to be on the north side. That's a really tough thing. I know they do it with the Super Bowl. And we will, so while we're talking about this, because I do want to, I have one more note on this thing, but... The score is going to relive the uh, 2016 Mark Grody Glory Days Tour, right? That's starting Wednesday on the score. That is correct. The- Every single game from the 2016 Chicago Cubs eventual World Series winning postseason. And that's the Saturday Suckage World Series ring that you have in, in, um, in protective custody now. It, so it every- is. And you know... The- no, go ahead. Okay, I was gonna say, I have I have yet to go back and watch or listen to any of those games, and uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how I react to it. Could because it's I don't know, it's like a professional and emotional sort of thing. Like I just left I left it all right where it was, and so I'm gonna relive it. And I guess the game that I'm most forward to listening to because this it was the scariest game there was so like so much of it was like the word i used to describe my feeling throughout that entire run was a couple of words the the adrenaline it was a blast um and then thirdly and i think fans maybe can relate to this it was scary as hell um because there were so many moments where it didn't feel like it was going to happen and i'm just talking about the world series I'm talking about even against San Francisco, you know, they needed a four-run stinking ninth inning to to eliminate San Francisco eventually, and it was one of the best games, and I, I'm looking forward to reliving that. Remember, they weren't hitting a lick against the Dodgers, and then Addison Russell clubs a three-run homer. I think he had a grand slam in that series, too, I want to mm-hmm. say. Um, and then we all know what happened against Cleveland. So it was scary as hell, and I haven't been able to relive it. So I'm looking forward to reliving it on the score. But you did relive it. You lived the Rajay Davis home run, and you immediately went You went to that bad place that Cub fans are familiar with. That they have a, It's like they have a Disney World fast pass to that bad place. <laughs> I did go there, didn't I? But you yes, you what? did. So you, you already it's- know it. <laughs> <laughs> that, by that the way, that San Francisco now. game that, that you mentioned was, it, and it comes up because I had seen um, part of the replay of Game Seven uh, of the World Series, and and it, the the bookends are such that 
that game, that that grand slam by Miguel Montero, was oh. one of only two hits he had in the postseason. And the second one, you might be familiar with, even though you haven't seen Game Seven again. It was the one that drove in the decisive run. Yeah. That was doesn't his get enough only two hits in the postseason. That's that's real. That's that's pretty good. If you're talking about clutch, necessary, even even whether you believe in clutch or not, those are big hits. That's Miggy Montero, two hits, and there they were, the grand slam, and the hit in the tenth inning of, of Game Seven. That's um, amazing. I I would not have guessed that. Yeah, that talk about. You mentioned the Paul Canerco grand slam of 05, mm-hmm. and then Miguel Montero. Those I think I was there for both, and. I would say that those two, like to this day, are probably the the most deafening crowd noises that I, I have heard. Um, and this and that inc- includes, you know, World Series games and things like that for or for the Cubs. But Canerco's Grand Slam and Miguel Montero's Grand Slam. I mean, just the the elation of a Grand Slam in those spots is bigger than anything. Yeah, that'd be a world outdoor record. Indoor record undoubtedly would be held by the uh, 1991 NHL All-Star Game at the stadium, which was a Thunderdome anyways. And it was five days after the start of Operation Desert Storm. And Wayne Messmer went to sing with the... With, went to sing in the organ loft, and you really heard nothing except. Imagine an exponential version of what you heard during the Blackhawks Stanley Cup run, when Jim Cornelison was doing what Jim Cornelison does. This imagine a place like feeling half the size, and exponentially ten times the noise. That's what there must have been, 35 or 36 flags. I think I counted because I covered that event. <clears throat> Unbelievable. Unbelievable, and the I want to make I want to make sure the Cubs games are not the only thing we're rebroadcasting. We're bringing to you the uh, feel-good moments that we can. Um, we're bringing you Mark Rode, Mark Rody's new championship sport, the new glory days of of Bears football, right, Mark? Yeah. So starting tomorrow, the score we will be airing eight classic Bears games of the last 20 years or so, basically coinciding with our company broadcasting Bears games from from WBBM Radio. Um, So we will have eight classic Bears games. I have the list of all eight games. Do we want to do it now, or do I can I, we can run through these and have a little fun with them, or I think we, we can do this, wait? I think we do it later, later this hour. We'll do it during the show. I just want to make sure that um, our listeners knew that while they are <clears throat> quarantined and isolated and you have the score as your new best friend, as your old best friend, as always the, the sports hug for you, um, we're going to bring you those feel-good moments. And the Bears are one of them that starts tomorrow when um, Reggie Bush shouldn't have done what Reggie Bush did, and you don't do it when Brian Urlacher's chasing you. <laughs> and we can we can discuss that. We can... We can uh, go through the list at another time. I do have something here I want to read because we talked about, we just had the bit, we, we just followed Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel on Inside the Clubhouse and we're missing baseball. We should have had baseball. We missed opening day. And this was on the interwebs. I found it on Twitter. 
somebody named Nolan, a.k.a. Golden Spike in Omaha, Nebraska, wrote a letter, and it says this, Dear Baseball, I miss you so much. Every day I am hitting and pitching into the net in my garage. Every day I wake up wishing to play with my teammates. What I love about you is the feeling that when my adrenaline starts pumping in my veins, when I make a diving catch, step up to the plate and steal a base. It is comforting to know that you will come back. Video games of you are not as fun as playing you in real life. I'm mad and sad that we can't play together, but I understand why. Baseball is my favorite sport, and here are some reasons why. You can play whenever. It is exciting. Never get bored. You don't have an excuse for losing. It is amazing. Amazing is in all caps. Now you know why I love you and why I want to keep playing. Love, Nolan. Isn't that great? That's that an 11 year old's letter to baseball. Wow. I wanted to share that. That's I like really it. Nice. I like it when I hear passion coming from, seriously, from 11 year olds just because our sport of baseball needs more of the kids, more of the kids yeah. watching. Yeah. Yeah. By I the way, Steve, this uh, hour on the score is being brought to you by Way Back In. All right. We'll take a break. And when we come back, um, We'll discuss things we did. We're, we're isolating and quarantining. We're doing all the things everyone else is. And I had a couple interesting days and in and out of sports that I wanted to share. And um, so Mark and I will share our weeks with you. And if you want to share your ideas and stuff with us, 312-644-6767. Our text line, text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com, 67011. I'm Steve Rosenblum's Mark Grody. Saturday suckage. We suck so you don't have to. And we'll make your quarantine better because ours will get worse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody, Saturday Suckage with you. We are Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. You text us 67011. The text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Give us a call. It's 312-670-6464. Is that the number? I forgot. I've, I've lost my mind at this point. I'm trying to keep things straight. Okay. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right, Steve. You know, I was just reading a uh, text and it. it no, it's six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. I'm sorry. There we go. Yeah. Oh, okay. S- sorry for not listening to you, but um, there was a, <laughs> a text. Every, every once in a while, we get what I like to call the disproportionate 
response to something that is said on the airwaves. And I had said earlier, <laughs> running through the list of Bears heartaches, and I, I just, I was running them down. I referred to 2003 as the Bartman year, and somebody from the 312 says, "Hey, bleep knows. Bartman didn't lose that series for them. The Cubs did." So, yeah, I just thought that there, when, when there are disproportionate responses to things that are said, I, I'd like to bring attention to them. So that one actually maybe do a coffee spit take. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, nobody would know because you're are you in your um, in your normal um, lounge pants or are you in your formal pajamas for this show? great question steve i am wearing my basketball shorts i have my chicago pride shirt on right now wait a minute you got mark 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 you can't describe what you're wearing unless you do it as pat hughes oh that's true i'm wearing black shorts right now with the white trim and the chicago shirt with the blue and stars on it uh purchased from target so uh i don't do a great pad he's but that's yeah that's what's going on with me i am i just i i am showered um and uh yeah i'm i'm trying to act like an adult here right now steve how about you i'm 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 wearing shorts too. Got some black shorts on, and and um, an old, an old, very old score. We're back, uh, old score T-shirt sitting here. I'm wearing a sort of like my uniform for this. Actually, if people oh. need a, a visual, I, I did an Instagram video to preview our show, Steve. So if you go to Instagram, Mark Rody Instagram, you can uh, you can find you can see exactly where I'm broadcasting from, and if you like what I'm wearing. All right. Well, there you go. There's a there's a heads up. Markstagram. Uh, last Sunday morning, I had made arrangements with the uh, diva, uh, my daughter. Allie lives in L.A. Um, to FaceTime. Just hadn't. Just wanted to make sure we set aside time. We'd talk, but not hadn't FaceTime. So it turned out we had brunch together, because the FaceTiming went on that we could uh, on our computers that. I said, I'm hungry, and I was going to have lunch. She said, she's hungry. She's going to have breakfast. So we made, in in our respective time zones, her in L.A. and Hollywood and me here, um, we made our food. We sat down. We ate it, and we ate, we ate our meal together. So I had brunch with the diva last Sunday, and I will do it again tomorrow. I don't, I'm don't think I'm the first one to ever do that, but the fact that it worked out this way, I highly recommend it to be with as a way of feeling like you're with people you miss, you love, you just should say hi to. The the FaceTime part of it, the I, I the Zoom part of it, though I don't have Zoom, I'm not fluent in Zoom. Uh, I think that's the same kind of thing. Are you fluent in Zoom? Do you speak Zoom, Mark? I don't speak Zoom. No, I do. I speak FaceTime. I don't speak Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then Monday, Monday evening, I had flipped on. I'm not much for the sitting through entire replays of games, but when it's the eighth inning of Mark Burley's perfect game, I forgot what Pat Burrell did in the eighth inning before we got to the ninth inning. Before before we got to call your sons, call your daughters, call your friends, call your neighbors. Before mm-hmm. that. Pat Burrell ripped a pitch down the left field line that spun around umpire Laz Diaz. And unbelievably, he got a look at the ball, and he made the right call. And 
then you get a look at the cat. You, you're watching the screen, and the camera catches Mark Grody, smir- uh, Mark Grody. Oh my God, Mark Burley smirking like almost, <laughs> almost. And then they they basically cut out everything. And then you get to the ninth inning, and Steve Stone says, and Dwayne Wise comes into the game in center field for defensive purposes. Wow. That, that resounded. Now, that that's part of every game. You've sat in the booth. You've listened to games. We all have heard that. But we've never heard it with – I never heard it with such meaning because of that. Yeah. And then you know what happens with Dwayne Wise in the ninth inning. And I forgot. Steve Stone said at the end of the – after that, after it was done, after Alexei, Alexei, that Steve Stone had never seen a no-hitter. In person, I heard that recently on the score that that blew my mind. That I have uh, witnessed in person three of those, and Steve Stone had had zero. I, I'm, I ended up with a perfect game my first half season on the beat in 1984. I was covering the Angels on the last day of the season. They were already eliminated. They're in Texas, and Mike Witt throws a perfect game. On getaway day, we're trying to get away. We really hated Mike Witt. We all had pl- flights to catch, and it wasn't wasn't the best story I ever wrote. Anyways, later that night, I'm I'm in a very baseball-y mood. That whole Mark Burley thing, because anybody is everybody loves Mark Burley, and I saw that on the on MLB was the Ken Burns baseball, and it was episode one, and I loved this. John Chancellor is the perfect narrator, and and here was the thing about episode one I'd completely forgotten. The first episode featured a team throwing games for gamblers in the 1800s and a black player making the majors. So it's like the same storylines get played out each century. And because I was so into the history, I forgot that there was a new Better Call Saul on. <laughs> But that's okay. You got time to catch up on it. And Tuesday, I went Tuesday morning. I took a, I, I got Spilkus, not not Mitch Rosen, my nickname for him, Spilkus. But I had to Spilkus, get out, right? Yeah. And you can walk. You can go walk as long as you're socially distant from people. And I've been trying to walk two two to four miles a day. I think it's really important mentally, emotionally, physically. Just so I go out around 8:30, um, and I went to the Jewels. Now, your father was not there. Your mom, Gene Grody, had not sent Gary to the Jewels. And there was no toilet paper at the Jewels either. <laughs> so on the walk back, I get hungry. And there's a Burger King. And I like, they have a croissant witch with sausage and bacon, two of God's foods. So mm-hmm. I think I have, to, I have to have that. That'll be good. It's been a good walk. It's going to be two miles. I get home, I'll have this. But, you know, they won't let you into the dining room. And meanwhile, I'm walking. So I walk into the drive-through lane, and I put my hands, I, I mime my hands at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock, and there's a car ahead of me. The car ahead of me orders, and I move up to the speaker, and I get nothing. I say hello, and I get nothing. So at this point, I take comfort in the fact that I don't weigh as much as a car, no matter how inert I've been at times, and it takes the weight of a car to signal to these people. So I'm standing there with my hands at 10 and 2, and the woman eventually gives the car ahead of me, which had pulled up, the order. 
And she looks out, and there's this lonesome figure standing at the order speaker, speaking into the Burger King's mouth, wanting to. My hands attended to, and I, I order the sandwich. And then I keep my hands attended to as I walk up to the window. And I look at this woman, and she gives me this look of withering disappointment that was felonious. I mean, lighten up, Francis. Come on. And she's not having the same kind of fun I am. Anyways, I pay for it. I walk back home. I'm going to eat my breakfast, but not before I wash my hands. So I recommend everybody walking through a drive through just to see what the people do <laughs> when they're at the windows. It gives you something to do on your walk outside. It's a way of a way of changing your mental and emotional channels at a time where I think we need it and not watching yeah. a game you already know the outcome of. What have you been doing? Just don't make don't make jokes like that anymore, Steve. This is this is not a time to laugh or smile at all. Um, what <laughs> okay. have I been doing? <laughs> what have I been doing? I have to say that my life probably hasn't changed that much because I do live alone. Um, so it, it's changed in that obviously I'm not walking into the to the studio or you know things like that. Um, I have gone a little bit stir crazy though, probably because mm-hmm. I am having to spend a little bit more time. So I have been you know fusing some of my impersonations doing. Uh, Lou Pinella as Dr. Richard Kimball, you know, adding, you know, the Tom Tunney as Dr. Richard Kimball. Anybody I could come up with, the, the videos are out um, for better or for worse. Uh, I've also done something that I'm pretty sure 100% of people have done throughout this quarantine time, and that is to, Steve, have you seen Tiger King? Uh, I have, I have not. I, I'm not say proudly not. I've just here. I've, I've seen so much on Twitter about it, and so many people that you and I know mutually, and everybody's talking about it and marveling over it. And I, I am not ready to get emotionally involved in this. I'm emotionally involved with Better Call Saul and Ray, Ray Seahorn. I'm. I'm Kim Wexler is the hero of this series, as far as I'm concerned. She's, she's the moral center. She's an amazing actress. And I, I have not wanted to... Maybe it's just a lifelong fear of commitment, but no, I have not. But you, on the other hand, you waded into the cage, didn't you? you you've made the right decision. I would suggest not <laughs> watching it. You know, I get it, like... The reason that this has been appealing to so many people is the train wreck, sort of the um, um, Jerry uh, Springer aspect of it, like just Uh complete train wreck, watching people abuse themselves and their lives and hicks and things like that. Um, And I would say, look, hey, if animal abuse is your thing, this is totally for you. Um, There is animal abuse. There is innuendo of it. Uh, there is the killing of cubs. There is bloody rabbits. There are snow living in the sun belt. Honestly, man, I, I watched three episodes and, and I kept stopping. Like, like, trust me, I tried. Like, 
I turned it off, I think, after two episodes, and I'm like, all right, screw it, I'll, I'll watch the third. I, I made my way, I forced myself to watch through three, but I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. And yeah, usually I'm into train wreck kind of stuff, but this one was just horrible, and I suggest not watching it. Um, I did, I was so pleased, though, that Ozark is back for season three and that cleaned the palate a palate cleanser for me i'm three episodes into that ozark is rivals in the in the binge tv era as i like to call it ozark and breaking bad are probably my two favorites out of a whole bunch of really good bingeable television i'm with you on breaking bad i've not seen ozark and have you completely missed the wire have you just not gone there no, Wire's great, too. Wire is fantastic. I mean, top 10 for sure. I mean, that would be a fun list to make, actually. Maybe, Steve, maybe you and I can do lists for next week. Uh, but, yeah, The Wire is fantastic. It's just, um, you know, Breaking Bad and Ozark are the two top ones. And I love Better Call Saul, too. Better, I'm, I'm only three episodes, uh, three episodes, three seasons through Better Call Saul. But that's definitely in my top 10 as well. Well, this becomes, this becomes the Kim Wexler season. She's just, she is an amazing amazing actress and it's a terrific a terrific role and terrific writing and for everything else you've seen knowing breaking bad and knowing that i i felt i i think i'm really committed to kim wexler because i know something's got to happen she's gonna go away somehow i don't know how i don't know what and i feel i already feel hurt i'm fearful as if i'm not fearful enough in these in this time uh, on this planet and and with with what what's going on but i i don't know i don't i don't want her to go away but she's going to go away i know she's going to go away she uh, is she gonna... is lovely um from the 815 uh by the way and i i love kim wexler too i sorry this just distracted me stevie um okay. from the 815 there's not much animal abuse it's probably makes up one percent of the entire show no i mean like a pile of dead big cats that had escaped that they had to shoot bloody rabbits the innuendo of killing cubs snow lepers in the sun belt i mean those are just a few right there so i don't know if you can get through that then god bless you um and i'm not saying i'm holier than thou but don't tell me there is an animal abuse and i couldn't stomach it i honestly couldn't i couldn't well, that, that was that was enough so you know okay good works for me i um uh wanted to pass this along a tweet from josh charles do you know who he is as long as we're talking about actors and whatnot. He's an actor from the late Josh, lamented well, he must Sports be Night. Sports Night, yeah. You might have seen him in Sports Night or The Good Wife or, best of all, the role of Knox Overstreet in Dead Poet Society, which is, which is worth another spin. That's worth another viewing. Uh, he tweeted out, I love my kids more than anything in this whole world for about eight hours a day. After that, it gets tricky. And I think we're in this, we're at this point, we're a week, maybe a week past the point when every parent in the United States believes that teachers should be paid a million dollars a day. I think that's where we are in this whole thing. We, um, <laughs> we at the top of the hour, we'll talk to Jim Schwantz, the mayor of Palatine and part of the WBBM 780 AM uh, and 105.9 FM broadcast, Bears broadcast. The, the games will be, we will replay the 20, 2007, 2007 
Bears playoff game against the Saints tomorrow on the score. And we'll talk to Jim about some of the moves the Bears have made. And we'll talk to the mayor of Palatine himself about whatever might be going on or not going on in Palatine and see if he's going to arrest people who are out walking in pairs and and how strict he's if he's if he's going all light foot on people. Uh, but when we come back, the uh, Mark, you and I need to discuss somebody who will be new to your beat on the Bears. And the Bears finally were allowed to introduce him, and he had a a teleconference, and we'll discuss what he said and what this might mean to your heroes. How about that? Steve, that sounds great. Let's get to it, man. Let's get to sports, baby. Sports. All right, we'll talk sports ball. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. Hope you're well. Hope you're healthy. Hope we can entertain you a bit during this time of quarantine and isolation and terrible trauma that is going on. Hope you're safe. Hope your loved ones are too. This week, the Bears officially announced their new old tight end. He's 33 years old. He's Jimmy Graham. And he says he's motivated. He's going to be the big play guy again that uh, Ryan Pace saw when he was in New Orleans because everything in New Orleans is better and we're just going to keep bringing it here. Uh, One of his quotes was, the opportunity to go back and play for Ryan Pace and to prove my worth throughout the NFL. I'm hungrier than ever. So let me ask you, Mark Rohde, as they introduced Jimmy Graham, wouldn't you have been your hungriest when you're playing for Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Fame quarterback, like the last couple of years? That would probably be a, a motivational aspect, but obviously it didn't work out. So I actually, I actually believed him. Like he sounds surprisingly motivated for a guy that has accomplished as much as as he has throughout his career. And I get it; it the accomplishments haven't been piling up in the last three or four years of his career but he does sound like a guy whose ego has taken a little bit of a hit over that aspect and that it's kind of a you know even though this is a you know multiple year deal it um sounds like this is a guy who is properly motivated for one year i said that about like the entire offseason last year about haha clinton Dix, who i wouldn't say had a great year but he had a good year and seemed to do things better than he had the previous year with the Green Bay Packers. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm falling for it, the sales pitch, but I, I liked I liked what I heard from him in the press conference. I liked what I heard from from Jared Allen, too, when he came here. When he came here off a better year than Jimmy Graham did, and, and it just sort of sounds like it, it, it echoed similarly to me. And I needed to see that I need to see him. He claims he's fast. I didn't really see that last year. Not that I watched every Packers game, but I didn't see it last year. A friend of mine who does watch every Packers game said, no, he's not fast. He's wrong. He needs to. He's, he's really, this Packers fan is thrilled that the Bears have Jimmy Graham and they think he's actually good. Um, in the playoffs, though, Jimmy Graham had seven catches, 108 yards. No touchdowns, but seven catches, 108 yards. Uh, I don't know. 
I know that his numbers are better than all the Bears tight ends combined, but that's not that's a low bar. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean everything is suddenly going to work. But when you've when you've had your career descend after playing with Breeze and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, and now you're playing with none of those guys, you're going to get Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles. I just don't see how it gets how it gets better. But I mean, is Matt Matt Nagy all in on this? What do you what do you he he starts no matter that no matter that he can't block? How does this all? How do you see? This do they draft somebody? They draft the tight end well, because they have no, no, to. No, I, I, here, here's what I said. I, I was on the air when this signing, this deal was made, and of course all the 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 texters were very negative about it, and to some degree I understand. But what I told people, and I'll say it now, and it, it has come to pass, and to some degree, that that was the first move. That was the first move that they made. They know that they have to rebuild that tight ends room if they don't do more to supplement it and make it look better then i suppose that the criticism would be a little bit more fair but since then obviously they signed robert quinn to make the defense better they signed nick Foles. um you know the the hope is is that trey burton will be healthy and look like he did two years ago and if that's the case then you have a pretty good u tight end there they did bring in Demetrius Harris, so I think could be a decent wide tight end for the Bears. I don't know about Jesper Horstead and Dax Raymond um, and these guys, like in terms of like if if they really are going to take the next step in their development and become totally legitimate in the NFL. I don't know, um, but I do believe that there will be more. I would expect maybe another signing. There will probably be a tight end drafted. There may even be a, you know, a, a real wide receiver that the Bears end up acquiring or drafting throughout a very strong receiver crew this year in the draft. So I think that by the time the season starts, assuming it does on time, there will have been enough other moves, enough supplement to make you kind of not forget about Jimmy Graham, but realize his place on the Bears. And that is not one that's going to influence every single set of downs. All right, we'll um, we'll get Jim Schwantz's take on it after we uh, take a break, and and we'll see what one of the WBBM 780 AM 105.9 FM analysts has to say about that move and several others the Bears have made. Bears have made. Um, I did want to share this. It's a tweet from the office of the Puyallup Puyallup Police Department in Washington State. Due to local cases of COVID-19. PPD is asking all criminal activities and nefarious behavior to cease. We appreciate your cooperation in halting crime and thank the criminals in advance. We will let you know when you can resume your normal behavior. Until then, wash your hands. I let you know. We, we need this. We need feel-good stories and we need good laughs. And I love that. Pull you up. Police Department in <laughs> Washington State. We will let you know That's when you can resume great. your normal behavior. Till then, wash your hands. We'll go wash our hands, and then we'll see what Jim Schwantz thinks. Saturday Suckage, Rosenblum and Grody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.